the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. It's so good to be with you today, as I am every day from 3 to 5 right here on KKLA 99.5 FM in Los Angeles and surrounding areas in the Southland in San Diego, KPRZ, AM 1210, FM 106.1 in North County. You can give me a call and join the conversation, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Uh, I've got my coffee ready to go this afternoon and, uh, you know, ready to uh, to stamp and watch some TV, I guess, because tonight the uh, January 6th hearings begin. Are you going to watch this? Do you even know what I'm talking about? It's in all the news. I flipped around through all the stations. It's not in all the news. It's kind of, you know, I try to watch your Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, uh, and I'll flip around to kind of see what they're talking about. Well, CNN and MSNBC, of course, are all about the January 6th hearings that are tonight. Fox News a little bit. Fox News isn't going to carry it live. Uh, Apparently, CNN, MSNBC are going to do that, although I think it's on Fox Business if you've got that station. The idea is that they are going to, Uh, Tell us something about January 6th. And, um, you know, I'm one of these people, I like to be agnostic about certain things until the truth is presented in a a convincing way, okay? Now, just so you know where I'm coming from, oh, that was a terrible day, and some people did some terrible things. I know there are some people there who are just tourists. In fact, I know somebody who was there, and uh, she didn't participate in any of the other stuff. She actually went home after the speech. Uh, You know, there's... But there were some really bad things that happened, and there's probably some people who need to be in trouble. But I think most people were tourists, and there might have been some other really bad things. I remember watching January 6th unfold. I was doing a recorded show, so I didn't know that it happened while I was on there. And I'd turn on the news afterward, and the first thing I saw was some guy sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk. And he had his feet up on her desk, and uh, apparently he had been going through emails and all kinds of stuff, and... And I was with some other people, and we laughed about it. And then we all came to the same conclusion. We said, well, that guy, I wonder if he, and he's tweeting out his own picture, right? It says, it's a picture he took of himself there. You know, if you if you tour the Capitol, if you ever get that opportunity, um, you the speaker's office is not in one of the side buildings where the offices are for everybody else. The speaker's office is right in the middle there of the Capitol. And, um, you know, I wasn't even allowed to go in there whenever I went to the Capitol. Um, but if I did, I'd probably take a selfie of myself at the speaker's desk. Why not if I was going to sit there? But if you break into it, it's a different story, okay? And we all said, oh, that guy's going to prison, though. Like he's taking his own pictures and posting them on his Facebook or whatever. Uh, does he not know he's going to go to prison? And uh, I think he did, uh, ultimately. Uh, and uh, he's, you know, I don't know if he's involved in some of the violence that went on that day. He might just be somebody who got caught up in it and walked in and said, hey, that's the speaker's office. I'm going to go in there and, and uh, read her email. Apparently, Nancy Pelosi didn't have password protection on her email, or maybe her password was password or 12345. There was a study a few years ago that said the number one password that people use is the word password. Is that your password? 
I, I, I'm tired of making up new passwords. It drives me crazy. Maybe I'll just start using password. Um, I've had the same ATM code for 30 years. Does it matter? They keep telling me you should change it. Nope, it's been the same for 30 years. I'm not missing a dime. Anyway, I almost told you what that was just now. I guess I uh, just got to keep that to myself. Anyway, um, in, in looking at these things, are, are we really going to learn something new tonight? Is there going to be something that is going to change our opinion about January 6th? I don't know. There's these promises, right, that uh, these politicians are, are making. So Representative Jamie Raskin, a Democrat of Maryland and member of the committee that's giving us these hearings tonight, he has promised that the hearings will blow the roof off the House. All right, that's quite a statement. Are we that they're going to blow the roof off the house? Okay, I'm I'm ready. Let's let's have it. What are you going to tell me that that happened? Uh, Representative Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat of New York, said on Twitter that the hearings would fully expose the cult's extreme effort to overthrow the U.S. government. Um, not sure how wide the cult is in his opinion on there. Okay. Um, and I do wonder about that you know, with some people. There might have been some people. I think there were a, a handful of people who thought maybe they could overthrow the government. That's not how our government works. Uh, it's another sign of how we failed in our public schools. I mean, everybody in, uh, everybody in the federal government could, be, um, could quit. Um, and then what would actually happen is the government wouldn't be gone. The states, the way our government works, because we're actually a republic, is the states would appoint new people to send to Washington and the government would continue. That's how it works. Um, That's one of the unique things about our country, actually, is that uh, it would actually be incredibly difficult to really overthrow our government. So I'm curious, and I'll watch it. Um, Probably I'll watch it tonight. Maybe I'll just record it and and try to watch it later. I'm curious um, if it means anything. And I'm somebody who does want to look forward. It isn't that I want to ignore things that happened on that day if they need to be investigated or if people did criminal things. I think those things have to be taken care of for sure. But there is so much at stake in our, our country right now. And I'll tell you what, I think that to some degree... There's just a lot of politics uh, with this. I'm curious if people are really going to have an opinion changed from what they already think. Uh, now, if they blow the roof off the house, if there's something that's going to come forward, uh, let's have it. You know, let's hear it. Uh, I guess we're going to hear that tonight. They hired a, um ex-Hollywood director to be a part of it, so it's going to be a little bit of a show, um, which makes me a little bit skeptical, but maybe that's how they feel like they can just get the word out. Uh, Ex-ABC News executive James Goldston is going to produce it, uh, which is very odd. I don't think I've ever seen that for a congressional hearing. Never seen it. Um, the, you know, there's been some big hearings over time, right? Um, you probably watched, maybe you watched some of the gun violence hearings yesterday, and they were brutal. Um, important, though. And if you really watch them, you see the snippets on the media of what they want you to hear. There were people on with all kinds of different opinions, and it was heart-wrenching all the way through if you really watched it. Um, you have to watch C-SPAN and kind of just get take it in that way if you are if you really want to know. Um, I uh, watched as a – I was a kid. I ran Contra hearings. Those were kind of a big deal. I remember watching those. There was nothing of production value, I would say, for them, but they were on. The Watergate hearings were a huge deal, especially when uh, they discovered that there are tapes 
like there are tapes. Oh yeah, he records everything. Then you know, then it became you know, big time television, and that was the end of the uh, Nixon administration. If there were no tapes, then those hearings would have gone nowhere, probably. But as soon as there's tapes, and then as soon as there's eighteen and a half minutes of missing tape, uh, of erased tape, uh, that's the end of, of uh, Richard Nixon. Uh, so you never know. Maybe there's um, you know there was some story about seven hours. Now I'm hearing maybe three hours. Uh, we don't know what Trump was doing. Um, maybe Trump was marching the halls of Congress and he's you know, pulled a fire extinguisher off the wall and he's looking at people going, you're fired, you're fired. I don't know what we're going to hear. Um, maybe there's something like that. Um, what do we do to not just get mired and more divided later with all of this thing? How do we unite? Like whatever your opinion is about these things. Uh, I think most people left and right would agree if crimes were committed, they need to be dealt with. And how do we move forward, though? Dealing with if there were crimes, deal with it. But if there's not, or if it's just politics, you know, the New York Times, when they put out an article on June 7th, their article about these hearings was this. The headline is, January 6th hearings give Democrats a chance to recast a midterm message. Uh, The subheading is, with their majority at stake, Democrats plan to use the six high-profile hearings to refocus voters' attention on Republicans' role in the attack. So they're seeing this as not a, uh, a necessarily a truth-finding thing for the American people. They're seeing it as, how do we not lose so bad in the fall? Uh, maybe that's the, that's the New York Times, the, the left wing, okay, New York Times. Their idea of this is that it's politics. Um, that's a, you know, is that true? I guess we're going to find out. 888-528-2557. David from Culver City, welcome to Southern California Live. How are you doing today, David? You know, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. Um, just called as a kind of a corrective to your poo-pooing these hearings. Yeah, and tell me uh, how I'm getting it wrong. Them because they're going to have, wait, let me finish talking, please. Yeah, go ahead. You're poo-pooing them because they're going to have high production values. Mm. You made the statement that no hearing has ever had high production values. I don't even know if that's true or not, and I doubt you do either. I think I it's think true. If anybody wants to? Re- I don't think you know. I don't. I think you say things you don't know about. But well, I've not watched every single uh, congressional hearing. That's for sure. So maybe the, some directors. I uh, haven't watched. I haven't either, and mm. I don't know that they haven't had high production values or not. Secondly, if anybody doesn't want to watch it, the New York Times had an excellent summary today of the hearings and what they showed, and. And it showed how dangerous things were, that Trump was trying to overturn the election. And he was trying to have Pence not certify the election. And he was trying to, he had Texas go to court, to the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. to try to overturn the election in four states, not including Texas. And the Supreme Court threw it out if Texas not having standing. So there are a lot of outrageous things that happened. And yeah. I don't think I think most Americans should be frightened by what happened. I think, because David, here's here's the question I'm asking, David. David, hold on, hold on, hold on, David. No, no, let me ask you this question, though, because all that stuff you just said, all that stuff is not new. So I guess what I'm asking is, is there going to be new stuff? Are you, what you said is is has been out there a while and it's not good stuff, but it's not new. Is there going to be something new that might change people's minds, do you think? Go ahead. New to most Americans, haven't paid attention to all these details and have it put together 
in one big picture of one group of people trying to overturn a democratically uh, a democratically run election in our country, the way we always do elections. Yeah. There was nothing unusual about this election. I mean, Biden won fair and square. And I think people need to hear all the details of all that was involved in one sitting and put it together in their mind of how dangerous this is. All right, David, I, I appreciate I that. I appreciate that, David. You can respond to everybody, 888-528-2557. I think that that's probably how it's going to be presented, and that's what I'm curious about. Maybe he's right. Maybe David's right that people just don't know. They haven't been paying attention uh, to some of the things that have come out. I would I would take the issue with you that this was a usual election. It wasn't at all. It was COVID election. It was mail ballots everywhere. You know, it, it was very different, this election. That doesn't mean that it was uh, fraudulent, you know, on, just because it was different. But this was not at all the the a usual election. It's not even close. You know, people complain about you know how did Biden get eighty one million votes and Trump got ten million more votes than he got before. Uh, the answer is mail ballots. That's the answer to that question. Um, and there's a lot of question about the the safety and legitimacy about those just in general uh, mail ballots. And uh, in fact, a lot of the fraud that goes on is happens with absentee ballots and now the mail ballots. Uh, usually in small numbers, and some people think maybe it was big numbers with that. I appreciate your call, David. And uh, with that, I'm asking the question, is it really going to change anybody's uh, mind um, what might happen today? Maybe we, as a country, just haven't paid attention. Do we care? One of the things, and I've got a guest coming up at the break. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, is whatever comes out of this today. I mean, maybe there's going to be something that as the – uh, Senate or the congressman has said it's going to blow the lid off of it. You know, maybe we're going to learn something today and we're going to go, oh, and that's really bad. Um, I'm curious. And it's not just going to be today. It's going to be over the course of June. So there's going to be some time, okay, for that to happen. Um, I would encourage people to pay attention. I think people need to to know and judge for themselves. Um, and, you know, you can be the judge as, as does bringing in a, a producer and doing it in prime time is that uh, simply because you want um, to really get it out there? I mean, how do you how do you can how do you tell people it's like a hundred thousand pages of documents or something they've collected? How do you tell the story if there's a story to tell? So there's a, there's maybe a legitimate reason for bringing in a producer. Um, I don't think it has been done before. And you know, David, I I haven't watched every hearing, but uh, what I'm hearing from people on the left and right is this has not been done before. Um, and I suppose we could say unprecedented, but everything is, I think we're tired of that word. 888-528-2557. I would encourage people, though, to, as you watch and as you hear what people have to say, um, I'll give you my opinion and thoughts here. I don't think that uh, this was a usual election at all. Um, and the mail ballot thing, I don't, you know, people kept saying this is the most secure election. You know, most of the stuff that was brought up about fraudulent stuff it got no traction at all. It didn't make traction in court, nowhere. And some of it was really out of left field and made up. But the stuff that is, I think, more interesting, and I've been in this business for a while, is the idea of ballots and ballot harvesting and things like that. There is a uh, film about that that is out there. Uh, 2,000 Mules is what it's called, and it's produced by Salem Media Group, um, who also oversees this program, so you should know that. Um, I watched that. And, you know, 
the compelling thing about it, you probably would have a different opinion about it depending on maybe where you're coming from politically. But I think one of the things that was pretty compelling is that when you are seeing the ballots being dropped off and then you go look at the laws and how many countries, some of what that movie shows, let's say it's all accurate, it's not illegal in Pennsylvania, for example. Um, it is only illegal in maybe Georgia and uh, um, Wisconsin and Arizona, but it's only illegal if those people carrying the ballots are not family of the person who filled out the ballot, right? There's there's a problem when we're going to mail out ballots to everybody and then the tracking of that ballot is can go from person to person to person. And what also would make it illegal is if there are nonprofit organizations who are collecting the ballots from people and paying these people. That was another point the movie made. It probably, that probably did happen. When I used to do politics, I've shared some things. We get paid, and if you go to a supermarket and somebody's getting signatures, somebody's paying that person per signature. Did you know that? That's why they're kind of in your face about it. Uh, they're getting paid. And I used to get paid, and I used to, and I was the one organizing this, okay? We got paid $2 back in the day from the Republicans for every registration we turned in, and $1 from the Democrats. I don't know why. In, in that county, it was a pretty Republican county, and that's probably why the Republicans had more money to give to that. But, you know, you could sit out in front of a supermarket and make a lot of money getting people registered to vote. And in my thought is there's, you know, when I did uh, getting out the vote, well, one time I was in charge of really getting people to the polls, and the polling places will tell you who's voted and who hasn't, or they used to. They used to actually tape a list outside of the polling place, and you could just go look at the list and mark the people off on your, your sheet. And so um, what you have to do or in that role of getting out the vote is you figure out who hasn't voted, and then if you were organized well, you would go home and you would call hey, those people and say, hey, it's 5 o'clock, you got three hours to get to the polls, are you planning to vote tonight? How can I help you vote? And I actually rented a van. I'm not even kidding. I was in college. I rented a van, and I took people to the polling place. I picked them up at their house, and I drove them to the polling place and got them to vote. Now, the difference, though, is that I never saw their ballot. I never touched their ballot. Uh, they knew what you know person I might be supporting because they knew who I was calling from. But they went in, and they voted. I have no idea how they actually voted. They'd get back in the van and take them home. And there was that thing going on. Today with the mail ballots, the idea that somebody might be collecting your ballots – and they go out of your possession, and then they are given to somebody who is paid maybe to collect your ballots or drop them off, uh, that raises all kinds of questions, um, and it raises le legal questions. The, the thing is is that it doesn't mean that the votes aren't actual people voting. Uh, it means that they were processed illegally. And, you know, kind of wherever you are on this, this whole thing, this can't be. We have got to have elections where people can't even make the claim with any credibility that there's a problem, um, especially in the, the transfer of ballots, who has it in their hand, who is the one turning it in, how are they collected. All that stuff used to be pretty simple. You go to the polling place and you vote. Uh, now it's gotten complicated just in the last couple of years, and I don't think it's healthy, and I think it's a problem. 888 Neil from Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, yes, uh, hello, uh, Scott. Um, I I was triggered to call you uh, because of the last caller that you had, um, mm -hmm. that he should see the movie 2,000 Mules. 
um, because in this hearing that uh, is being held, uh, I'm 63 years old, and I've never seen a hearing uh, produced by a major network ever in my life. They're shown on C-SPAN. You get news coverage. Uh, you can even get live news coverage. But I've never seen anything like this. This, this is just a stage planned program to uh, demonstrate lies from the Democrat Party. <laughs> are you, uh, uh, you going to watch it, Neil? Are you going to watch it anyway? Uh, yeah, I, I intend to watch it. Okay. But this is what you know, sir, that, you know, as this gentleman might not know, the only Republicans that are on that hearing are never Trumpers. Liz Cheney hates Donald Trump. It is. Uh, uh, got to go to a break in a minute here, Neil. I appreciate uh, your call. Thanks for calling. Uh, there's controversies on the makeup of the committee. Um, what happened is the committee rejected some of the the Republicans who asked to be on the committee because the committee said, no, those Republicans might be actually involved in the January 6th thing. And so they said, no, they can't be on the committee. The Republicans then objected to that and decided not to participate. And so only two Republicans decided to join the committee. So it is mostly a, a Democratic committee. Um, there's all kinds of controversy. I don't, uh, you know, and, you know, once again, I think that if they present it and it does blow the lid off of things, well, then there you got something. Uh, if they present it and it doesn't, uh, then what is this? Uh, we've got to, we have to take a look forward. We've got an election coming up in the fall and we've got to find a way to unify ourselves around the idea of how do we prevent people from making these claims? How do we prevent whatever fraud is going on? We've seen it right here in L.A. in Compton. The city council person just lost his seat because fraud was proven in his election. And, you know, what happens, and I think it's the local stuff where it's a huge deal because it's that was only, what, five votes or four votes, I think, was what came up of that. Anyway... Pray for our country. Um, if there's something really clear, then maybe the Hollywood side of it will make it very clear to us and people will change their mind. If there isn't, then, <clears throat> excuse me, we need to move forward. I'm going to take a break. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We will be back in just a moment with our, our guest who is going to talk to us about why the, skull, the sky, why the sky is not falling. In the coming weeks here, uh, any day now, we're going to start hearing about Supreme Court decisions, uh, a gun case in New York, and of course we'll get the actual decision about the abortion case, and many people are going to say, however those decisions come down, that the sky is falling. He's going to encourage us that it is not. We'll be back in just a minute with that guest. This is Southern California Live. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Great to be with you today in this fine Thursday afternoon. And um, it's such a beautiful day outside. I just love it. Great to be in Southern California with you. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll get your phone calls a little bit later in the program. But there's a lot of things coming up here this month in uh, the world. We just got past the primary election and uh, lots of politics is coming up in the world today. And what's going to happen in June, what happens every June is the Supreme Court, the Supremes, I like to call them, they put out their decisions about cases they've been holding on to for a while. Some of them were argued months ago. 
for example, the Mississippi case on abortion, that the potential decision was leaked uh, last month. And we're going to find out if that is the actual decision. And uh, that's going to happen at any time, sometime this month. There are other cases about guns and other things that are important. And however those cases turn out, there's going to be you know outrage on the right or the left. And some of that outrage will be very much louder because of the election coming up. But I think some of the outrage is also because we live in this world where we keep telling each other that if you vote for my opponent or if the Supremes decide this, that the, the world is going to end, that this is the end of our democracy, that if this isn't changed, in every election we come across that. And, you know, one of the things that I think is coming, whether it happens this month or it happens eventually, I think eventually it happens, is Roe versus Wade will get overturned by the court. We've talked about that some um, already on this program. We'll talk about it later once that decision comes out. But the world is not ending. The world, some people are going to say the world is is just going to fall apart and it's going to end with whatever decision they don't like. But that's not actually what's going to happen. Um, we have a guest with us. He's Brad Mattis, the head of Life Issues Institute. And he's going to talk to us about a program that will be airing on KKLA on Saturday at 2 p.m. 99.5 FM, KKLA, and Christian stations all across the country. And the program is called The Sky Isn't Falling, The Realities of a Post-Row America. Brad, welcome to Southern California Live. Well, thanks. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, it's great to have you on our program. So, we're going to have some cases uh, get decided uh, at any moment. And the abortion case in particular is obviously the, the most anticipated case. And it's the one that is going to generate um, the most um, emotional response. And it's a, little, it's a little frightening right now when we have a Supreme Court justice have his life threatened over this potential case. Um, what do you, why do you think people think the, the sky is falling? Well, those on the side of abortion on demand throughout pregnancy is what Roe v. Wade represents and has legalized. As a result, 63 million-plus babies have been sacrificed on the altar of so-called pro-choice. And they want to maintain the status quo. The abortion industry rakes in billions, literally, of dollars over the years uh, due to abortion. It's a cash cow, and they're working to protect it. So what they're telling uh, people is that uh, women will die if they don't have access to abortion. Uh, They will fall into economic squalor if they don't have abortion. Uh, It will just turn the world on upside down. And uh, we're here to tell everyone with our special that's not true. Um, They're channeling Chicken Little and saying the sky's falling. But the reality is, is that we are going to write the most grave civil injustice since slavery. Uh, and um, it's likely the Supreme, the Supremes, as you uh, called them, uh-huh. although I don't think they sing quite as well as the original Supremes. <laughs> I um, don't know. There might we, be karaoke night somewhere for those guys. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we think they're going to sing a fine tune when it comes to Roe v. Wade, and we think that it's going to be reversed. Um, and as a result, um, right now, 3,400, or I'm sorry, 2,400 babies die every day across America in abortion chambers. And if Roe is overturned, we are going to see 21 states automatically end abortion 
protect all of their unborn children or seriously, significantly uh, curtail abortion. Of course, it's not going to end abortion all across the country, which uh, a lot of people feel will happen. It just simply gives the states, your state legislature, the power to protect uh, your uh, your best natural uh, resource, that's unborn babies and their mothers, from the brutal violence of abortion. And one of the, the guests I have on uh, our program is a woman from Texas who was denied an abortion because of the Texas Heartbeat Act. Yeah. And let me tell you, she was a poster child for Planned Parenthood, but uh, she was uh, denied an abortion. The, um, the, the local pregnancy resource center came alongside her, and now she is so grateful uh, that she did not have that abortion. They empowered her to choose life. She made a decision that both she and her baby can live with. And um, it's also a time when the churches need to come forward and step in the gap. Never in modern history has there been such a clarion call for the church to step up and help women and men uh, facing unexpected pregnancies. I think you're right that this is a an opportunity. Here in California, abortion is not going to be made illegal. In fact, we are going to become a what they're calling abortion tourism state. Uh, so abortions are going to go up in California. And I think maybe people don't understand that. Do you feel like, and maybe this is part of why you're doing this special broadcast, do you feel like people just don't understand what it means that Roe will be overturned? Do you think that I think I read a poll that said 77% of people think that means that abortion is illegal nationally, if that happens. But that's not correct. Yes. Yes, and I understand why people think that, because of how the biased media is covering this and how shrill the pro-abortion side has gotten. But yes, it's, it's not going to uh, ban abortion all across America. Uh, sadly, we would be thrilled if that were the case. But... Um, there may be an opportunity, though, for you to make incremental gains in protecting uh, unborn babies. Maybe you can get a law passed that prohibits sex discrimination abortions or those done uh, to uh, uh, commit eugenics against children mm-hmm. with Down syndrome. Yeah. Uh, there are possibilities. The door at least comes open for that chance. And in other, country, other states like Florida, where I live, we're going to have an opportunity to make significant gains on, on behalf of unborn children. We need to understand that, that abortion is the violent uh, killing of innocent unborn children, and it often names physically the women who have them, and more often than that, it leaves a psychological uh, desolation on the landscape of their minds because they knew or know and live with the idea, the fact that they participated in the killing of their unborn child. Yeah, my guest is Brad Mattis, the head of Life Issues Institute, and he has a show on KKLA and radio stations all across the country this weekend. Uh, And it's on a 2 o'clock Saturday, June 11th on KKLA 99.5 in Los Angeles. And uh, tell us uh, why you decided to do this program, which will be called The Sky Is Not Falling. Well, we want people to understand that the Supreme Court reversing Roe v. Wade is a hugely positive, wonderful uh, blessing on our country. 
that we have fought for nearly 50 years to achieve, and as a result, uh, babies are going to live. Uh, it is a very good thing for children not to be pulled limb from limb in the abortion chamber and given the opportunity to uh, have life, because without the right to life, all of our uh, rights don't mean anything. And, and we are also wanting to show and compare how America's radical abortion laws, allowing abortion and to birth, uh, compares with the rest of the world. You know, a lot of people tell us we need to look at, at Western Europe because they're progressive. They, right. they are going to show us the way. Well, perhaps maybe we should do that where it comes to abortion because 87% of Western European nations do not allow abortion past 15 weeks. That's right. Which is the Dobbs case and the legislation that we're, we're looking at. And that's what is uh, going to happen, I think, in a lot of states. And what's interesting about that figure, I think, and you know, a lot of people are saying, well, this is going to be an election issue in November. I actually think it's not going to be that much of an issue for two reasons. And tell me if you agree or not. But one is because uh, number one, in states like California, it's not going to be illegal, and people will figure that out eventually. The second thing is that while polls show that most Americans support abortion in the first trimester, they don't at all approve of it in the second and third, which is exactly what you're saying, and that, that puts us on the same page as uh, at least all of Europe. Um, and it's at least some progress in the right direction, I would say, anyway. You're uh, right, 71% believe that abortion should not be legal past the first three months. And um, those are common sense, uh, compassionate laws, and we will make gains and then we will build on that. And um, our goal, of course, is to end all abortion, protect babies from the moment of fertilization to natural death. But we will be in, in the legislative arena and the American people will have their say. You've mentioned, uh, before we go, one other thing. You mentioned this is an opportunity for the church, especially in the area of helping women. What are some of the top priorities for the church at helping women uh, through these pregnancies? Well, well what, what we've learned uh, through working with pro-life over the years and the needs of women is that we need to have a holistic approach. We need to make sure that they're cared for throughout their pregnancy and birth, but beyond. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of centers now, uh, pregnancy help centers, that are providing uh, funding for rent, for utilities, for further education, even for helping them purchase a car so that they can get to work. It's all geared toward um, getting them over the hump, if you will, getting them on their feet so that they can be productive citizens, but not a slave to poverty, such as what welfare may make them. That's so right. um, we have seen the pro-life movement step up in spades to assist women. It's all about them and their unborn babies. We can love them both. Brad, uh, real quick before we go, tell us a little bit about Life Issues Institute, which you co-founded in 1991. Um, how do people connect with you, and what does the Life Issues Institute do? Well, Life Issues Institute um, as you said, began in 1991, and we provide educational resources for the pro-life movement and the public at large. Uh, we do a daily radio commentary on over 1,300 radio outlets across the country. Uh, this radio uh, special will probably air on over 1,500 
uh, times uh, this weekend. So we want to provide information so that people can make life-affirming decisions. We can reach out to those who may not be with us on abortion with factual, calm, medical, scientific information that will show them a better way. All right. You can connect with Brad and the Life Issues Institute at lifeissues.org is the website. And uh, I want to invite everyone to tune in to The Sky Isn't Falling, Realities of a Post-Row America, half-hour radio special with our guest, Brad Mattis. And that is coming up this weekend. And on KKLA 99.5, it's at 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon, June 11th. So you can tell your Alexa or tell your device or write it down to remind you to tune in to KKLA 99.5 at 2 p.m. Saturday, June 11th for The Sky Isn't Falling. Brad, uh, thank you for joining us on our program today. We really appreciate it. We're looking forward to your show. Thanks very much for having me. All right, Brad. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. This is the Thursday edition. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. This Thursday edition of our program, we're 3 to 5 each and every weekday. All across the Southland, 99.5 KKLA, which is where you are listening to this program. Or if you're in San Diego, you're listening on KPRZ. You can go to our station's websites to learn more about how to connect and all the other great programming we have. You can also get a podcast of our show. Just go to KKLA.com. Look for the program guide and this program in the afternoons, Monday through Friday, and you'll find the podcast there. And uh, you can go to KPRZ if you are in San Diego, KPRZ.com. The uh, As we finish out, we've been talking about uh, our government and uh, decisions that are coming from the Supreme Court. Tonight we have the primetime hearing coming for the January 6th committee. All of these kinds of things. And in the midst of it, the Pew Research Center came out with a poll yesterday, a study that says American trust in government is near historic lows. And I think you know that. I think that we kind of feel that and we've seen that in a lot of ways. Um, in 1964, Americans gave the government, according to the Washington Post, the Americans gave the government a 77% high rating. Uh, since then, it's down to about 20%. Um, so that's one out of five really trusts uh, the government. In a way, that's a very American, right? In a way, you know, we're founded on the idea that we don't fully trust the government anyway. So, you know, in that way, I don't think you have to look at it too terribly bad. But on the other hand, you really, we have to have a little higher trust in the government. We have to find a way to get that back. And this is one of the reasons that we got to pray for our government officials and people and to be involved ourselves and to really pay attention to what's going on, to uh, not just cynically dismiss the other side when they say something. You know, I think if you're going to watch that that program tonight, that committee hearing, you know, give it a fair hearing. You know, if it's something you've already heard and decided, great. If it's something new, then you should let it change your mind because for sure, whatever you think about January 6th, that should that day should never happen again. It should never occur again like that. And we have to do steps to make sure that doesn't. And, and we don't want to become a country. Let me tell you something. The If you get a chance to go to Washington, D.C. and be on the mall and look at all of our uh, monuments and the Capitol building and all the things that are there, they should not be surrounded with fences. Um, we don't want to go there. And right now the Supreme Court has a wall around it. 
Um, we're going to have we have armed guards standing around Supreme Supreme Court member houses. There's a wall around the White House that they've put up and down for different reasons. Uh, these are not good signs of the kind of mistrust we have. And I do believe it's spiritual. I believe that it is a spiritual failure in our country where when you take God out, uh, when you take God out of the equation, then you're going to have to put your faith in something else. And if you're putting your faith in government, ultimately, if there's no God, then all you've got kind of is the state, right? That's one of the big ways that the communist governments fail is that there's no God, you have to worship the state, and the state is is going to fail. The state is made of people and the people are going to be greedy and the people are going to be um, in there for their own, their, you know, their, whatever it is that they want for themselves. These, this poll shows that the majority of Americans, about 65% think that politicians are only in it for themselves. And I've known a lot of politicians who I've seen change. I've seen them get into politics on both sides who really want to make a difference and who really are idealistic and then what happens is you get elected and you find out the number one thing you need to do is get reelected. The number two thing you need to do is raise money so you can get reelected. And then somewhere down the line, number three is the work of the job you're in. And you hardly ever get to that because you're so busy raising money and you're so busy trying to get reelected so you can hold on to power so your party can hold on to power. It's a mess. That's always part of politics. That's not really something new. You know, if you if you ever get discouraged in American politics, look at our, our past. You can read stuff from the beginning of our country and the way people would argue and the things that people would accuse each other of left and right. Those kinds of things happen. OK, that's and you'll find that in other countries, too. Um, but I think as believers, you know, one of the things that we are, are given is the the command to pray for our leaders the command to do so, so that the society functions. Because when society functions, even if it's struggling in some ways, when government officials are doing what the government should do, there's less distractions even for spreading the gospel. Even in countries where, you know, the gospel is spreading fastest in countries where it's illegal to be a Christian. But in part, that is happening because even where it's illegal to be a Christian and the church is underground, if the government is functioning, then the underground church can do what the underground church does, and it's not being called upon to go to war. It's not being called upon to do things that are dysfunctional elsewise. Else, elsewise? That's not a word. We're going to make it a word in this program today. Dysfunctional elsewise or elsewhere. See what I'm saying? You get to actually do what you feel like God is calling you to do in the church. And in this country, we have just tremendous freedoms but what is coming is the the need. It's always been there, but I think it's going to force us out of our walls and into the public square where we need to serve people and love people, not to win elections. Now, elections might help and the laws changing might help. And, and but, you know, I, I think that these laws and the changes that we're seeing, it has a lot more to do with the change of human heart. The abortion ruling that comes down, if it does outlaw Roe, it's going to reflect where people's hearts are. The Once you get past all of the politics and the screaming and yelling on all sides, where do the polls say people's hearts are in our country? Well, it's moved to a place where people are not in favor of second and third trimester abortions, and uh, but most people think that first trimester abortions are okay. Uh, I'm not, I don't, okay, I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you where people are, where the hearts of the people are. 
But what I'm getting at is the reason that abortions are going to abortion laws are changing in our country is not because somebody finally had the best argument at the Supreme Court. It's because that argument is going to be supported because that's the hearts of the people. And I think people's hearts have changed because of the science, because of the sonogram machine, because of ultrasounds, because of scientific advances. There's Nancy Pelosi made a comment that the science hasn't changed in 50 years. It's completely not true. Uh, it's changed a lot. This is um, something to keep praying for with people's hearts, that our, our hope is not in the government. I hope that our government is trusted more. I think we need to trust, find a way to revisit the CDC that has been hit a lot with mistrust because of the last couple of years, and they're not doing a good job right now in gaining people's trust uh, by telling you the monkeypox is a big thing that you should be afraid of. And uh, But by the way, you pretty much only get it by close personal contact or by certain uh, sexual behaviors, uh, but you need to put a mask on while you're on the plane again. You know, I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense. That needs to get fixed. I think that's a problem in our country for sure. But our hope is not in the government fixing itself. In fact, we should take a look at government and realize that every government, including ours, one day is going to fail. That when you read your Bible, the governments of the world, they do not solve the problems. Jesus solves the problem. He is our hope. And our job in the church is to pray for our leaders, to pray that our country stabilizes so we don't go to war, so we don't have civil war, that we can get along even in our disagreements, that we can be civil, a civil society. That matters, but not for the sake of our country. It matters for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of us living out our lives as believers and being able to love people the way Jesus loves people. All these issues we talked about today, it provides us opportunity to love people. The abortion ruling when it comes out uh, in California where we are, it's not, it's not changing. We're going to be abortion central in the United States, us in New York. We have a lot of love that we need to show. And the love isn't just, hey, come to our church and we hopefully you can get in our pews. No, we got to get out of the pews and out of the chairs and go love people. And we need to encourage dads. And we need to find young women who are scared and in pregnancies that they don't think they can handle for whatever the reason is. And not just give them philosophy about abortion, but give them a way out. Give them a way to actually do what most of these young women actually want. Just keep the baby. But they need to pay for it. They need insurance. They need help. There's so many different things there, and we're running out of time there. This is why you need to pray and be grateful for the opportunities that we're going to have together. It's been great being with you today. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We're on every day, 3 to 5. God bless you. I will see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.